Tesla, Elon Musk, Warner Media, Victoria's Secret, and Tim Hortons on this week's episode of News Entrepreneur's Experience. Tuning in to this week's episode of News Entrepreneur's Experience. This is an opportunity for me, Dylan Gallagher, to share some thoughts about headlines that I have found in my social feeds over the past week and have written some blog entries on them. And I take this episode once a week as an opportunity to crack open these topics and to give entrepreneurs something to think about. Uh, The reason the podcast is called News Entrepreneur's Experience is because I try to grab common headlines from big corporations, publicly traded or otherwise, and find a thread inside of these stories or inside of these articles Um, or announcements that relate to the everyday entrepreneur. Because oftentimes I think that entrepreneurs feel like they're alone, that there's nobody that can relate to the challenges or the problems that they're having. And having done this as long as I have, I know that human nature is human nature. Business variables are business variables. And there really isn't a huge difference between uh, a one-man band, as you, as it were, or someone running a smaller, medium-sized business or a public company. The challenges are all the same. You just got to add some zeros. And so what I try to do is either put a stone in your shoe, using other companies as an example, um, to annoy you and to frustrate you and, to, and maybe even coerce you into action, or I use these stories to encourage you so that if you do feel like you're alone, all of a sudden you can realize that Maybe your situation's not that special or it's not that unique and um, it gives you some hope to kind of keep going and, uh, um, and see, through, see yourself through another day. And so as I said, I post uh, a blog post or I, I write a blog post usually once a day. I try to do it Monday through Friday. Um, I take my cues from headlines that I've seen, and then uh, and then I take uh, uh, an opportunity like this to break open these headlines and talk about them a little bit more freely and try to add a little bit more value. And my hope is that you, as the entrepreneur, get some value out of listening to this. And so, first of all, appreciate all the entrepreneurs that do tune in, the ones that send me messages and ask me questions, the ones that I'm able to help and work with uh, over at BridgeCap, uh, bridgecap.ca, that is. And uh, so why don't we just get right into it? Um, It's funny as I go through headlines because it seems to me that there are certain headlines that I follow or certain companies or certain individuals that I follow more than others. Tesla and Elon Musk happen to fit that category. Um, But there's some other ones as well. And even I spoke, um, I don't know, a few episodes back about Harley Davidson and they were in the news again. And uh, so I almost found myself, you know, you can create like, you can kind of follow these stories along uh, that these companies are going through and the challenges they're, that, that, that they're facing because uh, every entrepreneur has those same challenges. So anyway, the first, the first uh, article that made its way around um, kind of the news here in the past week was about uh, Tesla finally reporting an, a, a profitable year. Not just a profitable quarter, but a profitable year. So, you know, classic of that overnight success comment that was, you know, 10 years in the making. Um, Tesla has never reported a profitable year ever. 
Um, they've been public for a decade. They've had a few, very few profitable quarters, but never um, a profitable year. And so Tesla was able to uh, not only announce they had a profitable year, but it looks like now, given you know all of the work and effort that went into what they're doing with electric cars in their factories, and in particular in China, how that all came together, that now they're going to be able to survive off of their own cash flow. And what that means is that they don't have to raise money or borrow um, or borrow more money. They can now just sort of self-finance uh, their growth. And so the thread that I pulled out of this one is that, uh, and maybe not everyone listening to this can relate to this. However, when a business is working, like when it's really, really working, as an entrepreneur, it is quite a feeling. Uh, once you've connected kind of your value proposition to customers, once you've fine-tuned your expenses and your margins and you're sleeping at night, <laughs> you're finally sleeping at night, um, the joy, uh, you know, that sense of accomplishment that you get can only be comparable maybe to the excitement that you would have felt when you first ventured out on your own. And so having evidence that your business is working is a milestone that every entrepreneur certainly should work towards and hopefully an intersection that they get to pass um, that they get to pass through. And as I read this story, um, or rather read these news headlines going out uh, about Tesla and Elon Musk, I can only imagine how excited he was uh, about the success uh, that Tesla is having, having done battle for 10 years in the public market, uh, having short sellers really make it tough on his stock to keep his uh, staff and his employees and, you know, the, the uh, believers, if you will, um, uh, in a position where they still want to support him because the short sellers kept making these cases for why his business was going to fail. And not only has it succeeded, it has wiped those short sellers right off the map. So, um, you know, naysayers, uh, you know, there are probably, you know, in life, I think there are people you do want to bet against, but I think there's people that you don't want to bet against. And I think Elon Musk certainly uh, is one of them. And so uh, what I pulled out of this, though, was what is kind of a milestone that you're working towards right now in your particular business? Um, what milestone did you just pass? And if you don't know the answer to either of those questions, and maybe that's something, maybe that in and of itself is a milestone uh, that you can work towards. And it kind of sounds cheesy, but, or, or maybe, you know, if you're what you consider a serious entrepreneur that doesn't buy into a lot of business advice, then from a pragmatic, practical perspective, which is the, the perspective that I try to provide, you do have to have something very specific that you're working towards um, because your business decisions, the way you interact with your team, the way your team interacts with customers all flow from kind of that single milestone that you've set or that single goal that you've set. And if your company is in trouble, that milestone might be as simple as, hey, we just want to get consistency in our business. And that's the milestone that we're going to work towards. And we're going to measure that by seeing consistent, predictable results occurring in our business over, I don't know, a 90-day period of time. If you're trying to grow a business, then maybe the milestone that you're working towards is a revenue milestone. You know, we want to hit a million dollars or it's a customer count. We want to reach 100 customers by a certain date. But set those milestones down and then make sure that you celebrate when you achieve them because running a business is hard enough uh, working, uh, you know, your team is working hard to try and get your business to where you've, you know, hopefully where you've laid out where you want it to go. And so you got to take some time to re to reflect on that. 
So as I was reading about Elon Musk and Tesla, I just thought that that would be a great opportunity to remind you, an entrepreneur, uh, that you got to celebrate your wins. You got to celebrate um, your your victories because it is uh, it is worth it. And um, if you don't do it, then you're kind of I think a glutton for punishment because it's it's already hard enough. So take some time to celebrate. Um, but more importantly than that, make sure you've laid down some milestones that you're working towards, that your team is working towards, that everybody can collectively uh, celebrate. Uh, moving right along to Warner Media. And the idea is, uh, and I've got kind of a, a really, um, uh, I've got a lot to say about this particular idea or this particular concept. And I do talk about it quite a bit. But it's kind of this idea, you know, the test I always have rather for an entrepreneur is what would your business do with a meaningful investment? So if I could write your business a check for pick an amount, a million dollars, $10 million, $100,000, whatever the number is, what would your business do with it? If an entrepreneur has an answer, it generally falls into I'd pay off some debt, maybe I'd buy some equipment or some inventory, or maybe, you know what, I would like pay back my shareholder loans. Kind of what I would call... Um, not intelligent responses, and I don't mean that 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 entrepreneurs that give that response are not intelligent. I just mean from a business perspective, an intelligent answer is an answer that sounds something like, "Well, if you gave us a hundred thousand dollars, we know that right now it, our cost of capital is six to ten percent. We know that when we put that money at, to work inside of our business, we know we can generate a fifteen percent return on that money. And so, if you gave us a hundred $100,000 or $10 million or a million dollars, we know that this is the kind of return we could get from it. In fact, we probably couldn't even use all that money. We could only use, you know, X amount of dollars. So the idea is that as an entrepreneur, you should be able to specifically articulate what money can do inside of your business. Not so much what you, the entrepreneur, can do with it, meaning pay off debt, take money off the table, etc., but rather what your business could do with it. How many more customers could you serve? If you served that many more customers, what kind of margin would you make on those customers? And ultimately, if, if you're putting that money to work, what could it do inside the business? And, and many entrepreneurs don't really think of cash flow that way. And I think that's because most businesses are just trying to survive, quite frankly. I think that uh, very few small to medium-sized businesses have the pleasure of kind of daydreaming about what to do with money because they're so uh, busy just using it, trying to make two ends come together that they don't think about it. But that doesn't mean it's not important to do it. And so this announcement made by Warner Media was that they had decided Warner Media does uh, they generally uh, or they generate rather they generate revenue from licensing content. So they've got movies, video content, all that sort of stuff. And they decided to forego about a billion dollars worth of revenue so that they could use their own intellectual property library to build their own streaming service, HBO Max, to uh, compete against the other streaming services that are out there. The CEO of the company sort of said, hey guys, investors, hey, hey investors, uh, we're going to forego this revenue because we think that over the long term, we're going to be able to generate over kind of three years a much better return by foregoing that revenue today to get more of it tomorrow. And so 
as I was reading through this, I thought, first of all, it's a pretty bold move, bold on a couple of fronts, because streaming, you know, they call it the streaming wars, you know, Hulu, Netflix, Disney, HBO Max, everyone's kind of vying for their spot in the market right now. And Warner Media said, look, we're going to forego $1.2 billion worth of revenue because we think building our own service is better um, than just licensing this content out to the existing services. And quite frankly, it gives us an opportunity to build out our own customer base. And we think we can do more with that as the years go on. So it got me thinking about, you know, what would your business do with a meaningful investment? I know that when I talk to entrepreneurs, they generally don't think like this. Um, They think about survival and how they're going to get from one month to the next or from one year to the next or how they're going to pay off their debts. They generally don't stop to think the other way and think, well, wait a minute. If my business did have X amount of dollars, here's what we would do with it. And here's the return that we would get off of it. Again, in simple terms, we could sell more products or services. We could deliver more products or services to our customers at X amount of dollars. And with this type of margin, it means we could produce this kind of return to our bottom line, which would ultimately help us pay off our debts quicker and balance out our unbalanced balance sheet. So if you so felt like it, this is one of those conversation pieces that generally uh, rubs entrepreneurs the wrong way because they're unfamiliar with this conversation. They're generally not quite sure how to even begin thinking through it with the math. And so my encouragement would be to sit with your finance team or to sit with people that, that you think understand this and say, what do I do with money? You know, here's what our business does. I don't really know how money moves through our business. I don't know how it gets from the profit and loss statement over to the balance sheet. When it's in the balance sheet, I don't know where it's going. Does it go to equipment? Does it go to inventory? Does it go to retained earnings? Like, what what are we actually doing here with this business from a financial perspective? What kind of value are we building? Um, So if you don't have those answers, uh, it is worthwhile working through them because as you work through those answers, you start to discover things about your business that, you know, I talk about kind of all the time. How do you leverage your customer base? How do you increase your margins? How do you decrease your costs? How do you, you know, all of that comes from understanding what your business is actually doing with the cash that it generates. And so um, if you don't know the answer, go get the answer because it is an answer worth having. And my bet is that if you took the time to figure out that answer, uh, you'd probably uncover some new opportunities in your business to generate more profit and certainly make your business more valuable. So The question is, what would your business do with a meaningful investment? And hopefully you can think through what I would call a business intelligence, not a personally intelligent, but a business intelligence answer that would say, you know, if money went in, here's what we would do with it. And here's here's what the return would be. So Dylan, stroke us a check (laughs) or somebody. All right, moving right along to a headline uh, that I had titled uh, on my blog, uh, Sometimes the Magic Runs Out. And it was this idea that the billionaire behind Victoria's Secret, uh, Leslie Wexner, um, there's kind of rumors last week that he was trying to figure out how to to handle or hand off uh, that particular brand for more than 50 years. Um, He has been leading a parent company uh, that owns a bunch of assets, uh, including Abercrombie and Finch, The Limited, Bath and Body Works, etc., called L Brands, and they generate you know seven billion dollars in in revenue. But over the last bunch of years, he he just simply hasn't been able to grow revenue and increase sales. And uh, you know he's 
I think contributed, it seems like he's contributed a lot to the marketplace. Um, you know, Victoria's Secret is, a. um, uh, is a pretty big deal, pretty big brand, um, and has done lots of stuff. But um, there's, I think, if you did a Google search, you'd figure out there's probably some other reasons why he's looking to leave or or step down. That wasn't what I was so much interested in. What I was interested in is that I think there's probably entrepreneurs listening to this podcast episode that are just just tired of their business. You know, they're uh, maybe they've been at it for a decade, or maybe you've been at it for longer than that. But the work that's required to create, sustain, and grow your business, grow business just simply isn't for the faint of heart. Uh, it can take, man, it can take a lot of effort and energy to continue to be optimistic about something that is maybe maybe is providing some some meaningful results, but maybe it isn't. And you know, when you find yourself going into the office every day, or you find yourself waking up in the morning and you're just not jumping out of bed chances are that the work is either no longer engaging or it's no longer interesting. And sometimes the magic just runs out. And the magic of being an entrepreneur, taking nothing uh, but an idea and turning it into something, that to me is the magic. And then that is what kind of propels you into being able to convince people to come and work for you, to figure out a way to put resources together so that you can ultimately deliver a product or service to customers but sometimes you're just going through the motions. And uh, what I had thought was just to bring it to the, to the attention of any entrepreneur that feels like that, that that's okay. I mean, you're, you're a human being. You're not the only person to be wrestling with it. In fact, I think that this Leslie Wexner uh, is going through that in, in particular. I think he's been you know, getting beat up in the, in the press the last couple of years. I think it probably taken a ton of wind out of his sailing, quite frankly, after 57 years. Like, Maybe it's time to move on. And so if um, if you feel like you're going through the motions, probably the best thing you can do is to say, okay, this is it. I'm just, I'm just done. I got nothing left in me. Or I got energy and stuff, but you know what? I'm just not passionate or engaged or interested in this business anymore. So the, the question would be, then what do you what options do you have right now um, that you could take advantage of to make sure that the business you have worked um, so hard to build? doesn't disappear. Uh, could your management team take over? Would a sale be necessary? Um, could you enter into kind of a joint venture or a strategic relationship that maybe someone could buy you out over time? Or is it just time to wind it up? You know, maybe take your chips off the table, lock up the front door, um, and go do um, something else. Um, it does take a little bit to think through it, and I wouldn't feel guilty about it. Um, in fact, you've probably been carrying it around for a little while now and maybe listening to this particular section of, of the podcast um, gives you some encouragement to say, you know what, you know, Dylan's probably right. Why am I doing this? Why am I, why am I, you know, I've had a good run. Maybe I've made some money, learned a lot of things, met a lot of people, um, but it's just time for me to go do something else. And so what's the easiest way for me to exit um, stage left? and maybe capitalize on what I built and, uh, and go do something else. And so if that's you, it's okay. Do it. Take time to think about where you are now, uh, where you want to be. And then of course, what is it going to take to get there? And if you're an entrepreneur, you're probably very creative and you can probably come up with, um, some different off ramps and even that might be interesting and engaging for you. So here's your permission. I'm giving you permission. If you're tired of your business, and the magic has just simply 
it's just gone. It's not there anymore. Then then don't don't uh, lose the opportunity to try and at least recover something out of your business uh, before you lock up the front doors. So if it happened to Leslie Wexner over at uh, at L Brands, I'm sure you know when he's a billionaire. You, you may not be a billionaire, but um, you know you're still a human being, and um, uh, you shouldn't feel bad uh, about that. Not about being a human being, but about wanting to walk away from from your business or move on to greener pastures. All right, and the last headline that that I found myself uh, looking at and going, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure this relates to like every entrepreneur that's ever run a business. So the idea is uh, Tim Hortons, big coffee shop. If you never heard of them, they're going to. Uh, they made a big kind of announcement. They they made their way through the the media circuit and said, look. We're going back to our roots. We're going to be a coffee and a donut shop. The burgers, they're going away. Crispy sandwiches, they're gone. We can't be all things to all people. We're going to simplify what we do. We're going to make improvements in kind of core areas, coffee, baked goods, and breakfast, and that's it. We're going to get really good at that again, and then we're going to branch back into lunchtimes, which for now we're just going to ignore. And what we're looking to do is increase our sales by making it easier to train our staff and to have our staff know how to uh, prepare and serve the food that we have. And we're going to look to kind of increase turnaround times. And if we can do that, it's just simple math. You know, we did it. We took a hard run at trying to do a whole bunch of cool things and it, you know, just didn't work. We have more than 60 uh, options on our menu. We're going to slim it down and we're going to try and get it into something that we can manage, that our team can manage, that everyone feels good about. And so what I kind of pulled out of this was many entrepreneurs, and, and I'm as guilty as anybody listening to this, is that you kind of get lost in what I call the forest of ideas. Um, you know, you started out, you know, down one trail, and then you got excited, went down another trail, and then another trail, and another trail, and then the next thing you know, you're, you're like sitting in this forest of all these things, and you can't really figure out how you're doing. It feels busy, you got activity, there's cash in the bank, but are you profitable? Um, and it's hard to, you know, if you had four or five different things that your business does, maybe thing one and thing two are profitable and they're subsidizing things three, four, and five, but most entrepreneurs don't even know that. So with no pun intended, I had thought that I would encourage entrepreneurs, if you feel like that, that you're like, oh yeah, we do a bunch of stuff. And then if I asked, but are all, are all of those things profitable? And all of a sudden you don't know or don't have an answer, then no pun intended, go get a coffee, go get a donut. And think about the current state of your business and try to figure out, okay, what was like our original, what was my original value proposition to customers that gave me the opportunity to start generating revenue? And then as I did that, I hired a team and I put some cash in the bank, I think. What was that that we did? And have we strayed from that? Um, Do we still deliver on that value proposition or kind of has it become mixed and commingled with a bunch of other things? And if it has, okay, that's cool. But are those things profitable? What we might need to do is if Tim Hortons is doing it, probably it makes sense for us to reconsider. Do we have to go back to kind of some core categories or do we have to get back to the basics of why we started this business and what our our proposition to customers in the marketplace, our value proposition was, do we need to get back there? Because maybe we have drifted. And if you're prepared to be honest like that, and if you're prepared to put in some time to think through it, you might discover that you could probably get a stronger bottom line by doing fewer things better instead of doing many things poorly. And uh, 
That's good. That should probably be a tweet now that I think about it. <laughs> but that's the that's probably the truth. You know, I think what happens is entrepreneurs as they go along, they think that they were um, trying to do thing, you know, deliver product or service A, and then as as a result of necessity, got into products B, C, D, E, and F because they needed to pay the bills, keep the lights on, etc. But once your business kind of gets past that point, then it is, uh, it does make sense to stand back and say to yourself, oh, okay, okay, we we did that, we grew horizontally or we grew vertically, but we have grown out from what our original value proposition is. And is it worthwhile? Do we know if these things are profitable? If we don't, let's go figure it out. And if we figure it out and they're not, then that either A, gives us an opportunity to figure out how to make them profitable so we can have a better bottom line, or it gives us the opportunity to go, okay, slam on the brakes. If Tim Hortons can get rid of 50, 60 menu items, we can probably get rid of a few things that we're doing too and get refocused and then quite frankly get you know reinvigorated about what it is that we set out to do uh, in the first place. And entrepreneurs, you know, part of the, I think part of the appeal, if you will, of being an entrepreneur is that you do get to do all these awesome things, that you do get to be creative, that you don't have to be held in by anything. Um, but you still have to be, you know, you kind of still have to at some point have a, have a moment of check-in and go, okay, but is it working? Is this stuff profitable? Is it meaningful? Are we just keeping busy for busy's sake or are we actually putting money in the bank, uh, which is what we're here to do. We're, we're here to try and be profitable. We're here to give people meaningful employment. And is, is that really what we're doing or have we kind of messed this whole thing up? So that's all I have for you today. This week's episode of News Entrepreneur's Experience. Hopefully in what you heard today, you were able to relate to something or something rang a bell that's going to encourage you to take some action here in the next couple of days or over the course of the next little while so that you can build yourself a profitable and valuable business. And if there's anything I can do to help, you fix fund or grow your business, certainly would love to. If you've not taken advantage of the BridgeCap account available at bridgecap.ca, please do so. It's a new initiative that was launched this year to try and help entrepreneurs wherever they are. Every entrepreneur is somewhere in fixing, funding, or growing their business. And uh, over at BridgeCap, we've created an online portal for you to get access to content and resources that are specific to one of those three categories. Because I think my personal belief, is that the 50% failure rate for businesses that get to their fifth year doesn't need to be that high. I think many entrepreneurs fail simply because they don't know what they don't know. And by getting yourself a BridgeCap account, you might learn some new things that would maybe help you keep your business on track and make sure that you get past that five-year mark and build a very profitable and valuable business. So thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure to rate it or to share it. Send me a note through LinkedIn or Facebook. I don't know why I said it like that. LinkedIn or Facebook, I'd be happy to respond. And I uh, sure hope that you are able to tune in next week.